بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله محمد وعلى آله وصحابه المعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام ميم ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين وقال تعالى وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون So my dear brothers, inshallah, I'm going to teach in this session uh, you know, three things. One is uh, the tafsir of, of the Qur'an, and the second is the 40 hadith of Imam Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala, and the third thing is the uh, seerah of the Prophet sallallahu And they are connected to each other, inshallah, so we will see. So the first is the tafsir. Tafsir, uh, uh, inshallah, uh, it will be tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha, and the last ten surahs, which most people actually memorize and they know by heart and they, 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 they read in the prayer. So tafsir is the last ten surahs from Surah Al-Fil to Surah Al-Nas. So Surah Al-Fariha and the last ten surahs. So before I start, actually a few things uh, we have to uh, remember about the Quran. Uh, you know how important actually uh, the Quran is. You know, no doubt this is the word of Allah Ta'ala. So you know, if anybody writes a book, and you read his book, how happy he becomes. So when you read the Quran, the book of Allah you know, that it is such a, you know, no doubt, such beloved thing to Allah So there nothing, no book in, in the world is more important than the Quran. There's no doubt about that. There's no book, you know, more sound than the Quran. The Quran actually, there's, you know, no mistake, nothing to doubt about that. Every single book that has been written by any human being, Sometimes there is mistake, sometimes there is inconsistency. There is so many problems. But the book of Allah Taala has no inconsistency. The Quran says that you know, had it been from anyone else other than Allah Taala, people have seen so much inconsistency. But there is nothing. Though it talks about so many things, it is not actually something limited. It actually talks about uh, this universe, talks about the creator of the universe, talks about the world, about the human being, about the day hereafter, about the death, about the reward, about the action and judgment. So many things the Quran keeps talking. But you never can find from the beginning to the end any inconsistency, neither inconsistency in the message, in the meaning, or the style. The style from the beginning to the end is the same thing, though it has been revealed to the Prophet ﷺ in 23 years. But still, it is in the same, same style. So this is no doubt the most important book. That's why there are hadith in Sahih Bukhari and other books of the hadith. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ has said, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَ the best among you are those who learn the Quran and those who teach the Quran. You know, if you see in the world, there are so many students, people learning this thing, that thing. Among all the students in the world, the best among are those who study the Quran. There are so many teachers, people teach many, many subjects. Among all the people who teach you know, many, many things, among them, the best are those teachers who teach the Quran. So the best students are students of the Quran and the best teachers are teachers of the Quran. So there is no doubt because you know, the book is a book of Allah Taala. So what the book does, book actually has come to help people. Uh, and uh, the way the Quran introduced the book is Hudal Lil Muttaqeen. So the book is a book of instruction to understand. It actually has come to instruct you uh, certain things. I will tell you inshallah what, what is going to instruct. But a book is book of instruction. You know the, the creator the one who created us and the creator, the whole universe, he is instructing us how to live in this world and how to use things around that. Book is a book of instruction. Some people do mistake when they take the book 
as a book of demonstration. That the Quran is going to demonstrate something or prove something. The book has not come for that purpose. The book has come to instruct you. Like for example, when you are learning how to drive, so you know you 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 read the instruction how to drive the uh, uh, you know a car. For anything, when you use any anything, you know any machine, you have instruction. So similarly, the Quran is instruction for the mankind how to live on the face of the earth and how to use things around that. So never be confused. Problem has been when people who are coming from the sciences and from the philosophy and they want to read the Quran with the eye of a philosopher or scientist. And since they are in their own field, the first thing they do is prove something. So they think that what the Quran must be doing. But when they enter to the Quran, there is no proof. Quran actually starts first thing is, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, there is no proof. First thing actually you, you expect is the Quran should say Allah exists and what the proof of God is and in all those things but nothing is there. So and then what happens is they unnecessarily they take of the verses of the Quran from their out of their context and they want to you know prove to you no the book, Quran actually is a science, book of science, Quran is a book of philosophy, Quran really has you know rational argument, the Quran really wants to prove something. So they keep doing those, those things again and again. So understand the Quran never claims that it is a book of demonstration. Quran is a book of a book of instruction. That's very clear for Quran says Hudan. It is just has come to teach you. Book of, uh, of the teaching. So what is Quran going to teach? You know, since uh, God has created this universe and the people there, He has put in this earth for the human being everything that they need. Whatever we need in this earth, God has given us. Among the things that we need, food for our body, because you know, if there is no food, how can we survive? So we need to eat and drink. So whatever can be good for the people's eating and drinking and for their health, they can get in this universe. And this is something where believers and unbelievers both get, actually even animals get. So in this world, Allah has put everything that people can need. So one of the need is material need. Need that you, you know, things that you need for your eating and drinking, for food, for your survival as you know, as a human being, as a living animal, whatever you need to, God has given you. But the thing is, you know, human being, they have more than that. We are, don't have only need for our body. We also have got mind. So there should be also in this universe, in this earth, things which can help our thinking, our understanding. You know, there should be food for our mind. Either food for our body, there should be food for our, our, our mind. And people also have got the spirit soul. So there should be also food for the soul, for the heart of the people, for inside of the people. There should be food for that. This all that to Allah must have put the food in you know, of every single thing for your body, for your mind, and for your soul in the same universe. But what happens, most people, they only find in this world, in this universe, the food for, for their body. That most people do, because that was how they look. So you can see, you know, everybody just you know looking for you know food for the body, eating, drinking, what can make you know, more food and more drink, and importing and exporting, everything just comes, you know, about that. So when somebody wants to develop their spirituality and their soul, so they think this universe actually is opposite of that. It is only material. So they think the only way they can you know provide food for their soul is to run away from this universe to go and take refuge in mountains and the caves and things like that, you leave the world, then you can satisfy your soul. Because they see that people who are in the world, what they do, they satisfy only their body. That's what is there. If you want to satisfy your soul, leave this world. 
So this really no doubt a big mistake. It is really the problem is of not thinking. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever he has put a food for your body, in the same place he has also made food for your mind and for your soul. The way is not to run away from the world, the way is to dig deeper. This actually how the way is to, to, go, to go deeper. It is same place, everything. So that's why in this matter people really differ. So most people for they look on this universe only uh, at the surface. Though beyond the surface there's another layer. And then beyond that layer, there's another layer. The layers deep, deep, deeper and deeper. And Allah's way is whatever more precious, you need to dig more and more, more deeper. That's how he does it. So in first eye, you can see, for example, if you go and see Taj Mahal. So in the first eye, when you see, everybody will get impression that it is a really impressive building. It is you know, so, so beautiful. But then after that, you know, just in, remain there, reflect more, little deeper. You can see actually that you know, how much work has been done there. You know, how, what the mind behind that is. Then you think more and more, you can see actually, you can find more and more beauty. Like for example, you come to the mosque or the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam here. Now, you know, this new architect you can see. The first thing everybody can see, it is, you know, it is a it is beautiful building. But if you go deeper and deeper, you can find actually more and more, you know, uh, you know aspects of the beauty in, in the building. So that's how Allah has done this world. So in this world, no doubt, the first layer is the food for the body. Because that everybody needs. If that is not there, people will die. But the second layer is also the food for the mind. And the third layer is the food, or third layer, or deeper than that, actually the food for your soul and for your spirit, for your inside, for which you want to survive. You need to go deeper and deeper. This actually what that why the problem actually remains for many people. So you can say most people, like farmers, the only thing they know how to produce food, and people at the business trade, the only thing they know actually how to make more money. So most people are on the first layer. Then you can see the philosophers and the scientists, they come to the second layer as well. You know they think you know you know we have got mind. Let's think really. Does it make sense or not? And really, they, you know, whatever they do, amazing. You know, if you look actually, what read what philosophers and scientists have produced and how much effort they have done, really amazing. Okay, you know, every, each one of them have been doing, you know, the effort. You know, for, for example, if we start, you know, what we know among the philosophers, the first time actually we know is the Greek philosophers. You know, there have been philosophers before that and also in other regions. We don't know so much about them. But Greek philosophers, we know about them. And you know all of them, you know, from the beginning until uh, you know uh, last one among them, Aristotle. Uh, you know these people really, whatever they have written, uh, whatever they have thought, how they are reasoning, it's so impressive and so amazing. And no doubt, uh, those knowledge people always need. Similarly, later on the philosophers came in every nation, and then you know modern scientists. You know how much work they have done, you can see, and how much invention there. It is so impressive. But this is not you know all that we need. It is a, no doubt, one, one layer more. It is actually one step further. There, but there are a third step really. Third step is there are more serious questions. So no doubt philosophers have got certain reasoning. They, whenever they see in this world, they want to see how things are, how they're working. So they want to understand the cause and effect. They want to understand how things are and where they lead and, and you know, how, how things have come as much as you know, they need. So this is a very important information. But there is something more deeper than that. Deeper, deeper. That what they don't look at that. What deeper than that actually is that you know you have seen you know things. Because what happens at the end of the day when the philosophers and scientists they think deeper, they still actually materialist. 
because they use their, their mind basically to help the body. So instead of helping the mind, actually mind becomes slaves of the body. So you, you become impressed by, by what they have done, but what they do, actually what they produce, what is helping. Think really that what scientists at the moment, whatever they're inventing, latest invention, helping what? It's not going to help mind, it's going to help the body. Because if you want to help for mind, don't invent these things. Because you invent these things, you make mind idle. You know, if you, when they invent all the mobile phones, things like that, do you think this makes people more clever? Anything that people invent, at the end of the day, it is actually food only for your desire, basically. Your, you know, your eating, drinking, this desire. Does not make you a better human being. Does not make you actually a better thinker. Does not make you. But still, actually, what happens is the mind remains a slave of the body. When people go to the third layer of the thinking, then what happens is the body and the mind both become the slaves of the soul. The real thing you discover. And that's why you can see the prophets as messengers, you know, their thinking always have been much deeper. Because they know this is just desire. To any prophet or messenger you can see, when they think in this world, they think much deeper. And they spend time that. They think where, why we are here at the end of the day. You know, no doubt people need to think, but you know, why we are here? Why we have got a mind? What does really, what, what this thinking means? Do we have mind to think how to improve our food? So some people actually use, have basic food, and some people actually, you know, make nice curry and this and that. That's why mind has come. Our mind actually something something better. So many people use their mind to just improve the condition of the living on the face of the earth. But the real people, they think, no, you know, mind is precious. It must really tell us more than that. That's what they think. So, and they keep making uh, finding answer. So, and the Quran actually has mentioned in this matter the stories of Ibrahim so clearly, a thinking prophet. You know, he comes to you can, you know, you always, I always give example that you can see it's very obvious that you know Newton, you know, in Cambridge, to how he's thinking, you know, we don't know how true the story is, but anyway, that you know, sitting underneath of an apple tree, an apple falls upon him, and then he discovers, you know, the law of gravity. And no doubt, you know, he works on that actually, on what, and this law actually, no doubt, has been very beneficial for the, for the humanity. But at the end of the day, what benefit actually is more material. But he did not ask question beyond that. The question beyond that actually remains all the time is that, you know, who made this law? Who made us? Who made the apple? Who made the food? Why he made? You know, you just have found answer for a very simple question. But the questions which are bigger than that, why we are here? He never thought. He never made effort to find an answer. The prophets and messengers, they go deeper than that. That's why the Prophet is thinking so much and he does not find answer. He wants Allah to help him. Same Ibrahim Ali to first understand properly. The first thing is, I made clear that in this universe, some people think there is the food only for the body. And then when want, they want the food for their soul, they leave the universe and they go and take refuge into mountains and the caves. They think if you leave the world, then you know your soul will become much better. So this is a mistake. Allah subhanahu wa has produced in this world food for your body, for your mind and for your soul. Actually, every same apple which can provide food for your body, same apple also has food for your mind. Just think really how it is made. And same apple also provide food for your soul. Think really who made it? Don't you need to thank him? And why he, why he respects you so much that he created such a nice thing? So just go deeper. 
तो द फर्स्ट एस्पेक्ट इज आई एफ पेल इज फूड फॉर योर बॉडी सेकेंड एस्पेक्ट इज डीपर आई पेल इज फूड फॉर योर माइंड थिंकिंग इट प्रोवाइड्स थिंकिंग एंड द थर्ड वन इज इवन डीपर दैन दैट इट मेक्स यू टू इट कनेक्ट्स यू विद योर क्रिएटर एंड थैंक हिम तो इट इज फूड फॉर एवरी सिंगल थिंग सो वी डोंट नीड टू बी लाइक यू नो मेनी ऑफ दोज रिलीजियस लाइक हिंदुइजम because they used to think if you want to develop your soul and work on your soul leave the world you know they go mountains and caves and go deeper and don't wear clothes and don't have bath don't clean yourself and sometimes just you know stand on one leg and you know hold your life that are many hindus have been doing and then the second leg actually they think if you harm your body you become nearer to god that how they used to think and still now they think so they want to harm their body some people they think if you live in this earth it is so dirty so they live on the tree they never come down so they think if they live in the tree that's better so this basically all the thing what because what they, they see the people because they they misuse the world to so islamic way is no this world allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made complete world complete world for the purpose for which he made this is not complete world you know world for every single thing but it is complete and interesting world for the sake uh, for the purpose for which allah made the universe and for which he made the human being Uh, there are other things uh, which we get uh, in the hereafter this word of is complete that sense and also he made it interesting like you know in surah rahman how he produced the fruits and how he made the ocean and how from the ocean comes the lulu or marjan the pearl and precious stone you know he made interesting word it is not you know in one way could have been just throwing the fruit from the heaven on the ground and go and pick no he makes nice trees and from the trees the fruits come nicely packed to you take nicely respect for you so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given everything nicely you know with beauty and respect so he made the world interesting for you when you read many many sufis so they will make the world uninteresting they think world is not interesting it's not like that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the world interesting clearly and you know properly and with full respect so that keep in mind and second thing is that most people only look the first layer they only get the first layer of information their information deeper and deeper second layer third layer like for example when you look your parent so you know first way is okay yeah you know very material looking that's why many people don't expect their parent they said you know, they basically that you know that biologically that what happen anyway every human being comes from you know from from male and female but if you go deeper and deeper you can have more and more respect for them that how much they have done for you so people need to think properly what quran does quran really that what quran does quran corrects your thinking quran makes you to think properly if you read a book of philosophy it helps you to certain kinds of thinking which at the end of the day make you actually just go in in in, in, in cycle it you know just just same material thinking quran wants to correct your thinking quran wants to guide you so quran is the book of instruction if you think the way the quran has taught the people to think then they are in you know, the life because more precious then they go deeper and deeper that's why you can see in the quran the most words actually are about that thinking la'allakum tatafakkarun la'allakum ta'qilun afala yanzurun don't they think don't you look around looking around go deeper and think properly so the quran is book of thinking quran basically is a book which makes people to think properly go deeper understand think properly uh, raise the right questions and make effort to find the right answers most people they only have you know smaller smaller questions quran wants to you know present to you the real question the big questions you know the big why you are here the big questions of the so first thing keep in mind that this world has food 
for your body, for your mind, and for your soul. And the second thing is, people need to, you know, think uh, properly, not just you know, like superficial people, not like just about like, like uh, uh, the people who are you know uh, uh, philosophers uh, or like poets. Poets actually are also think, but the thinking is just you know one-sided. You know, they can look at the rose and they can make some meaning, but that meaning also is very very limited. So real thinking is thinking of the prophets, messengers, siddiqeen, those who are thinkers. The, the name of the thinkers in the Quran, Quran has come, siddiqeen, siddiq. That's why the Quran said about Ibrahim al-Islam, in Nukana, in Nukana, siddiqan nabiyya. What sadaqa means? Sadaqa means the one, siddiq means truth. The one who is true, meaning it, his mind, his thinking, his action, everything, they agree with each other. He thinks properly, he acts properly, he moves properly, he speaks <coughs> properly, Everything has truth, to thinking properly. Most philosophers, they, they are true in one aspect and they lie in other aspects. You can see so clearly. In one aspect, they're so good, but in other aspects, they just make a, make a story. They don't know really. They don't ever think they make a story. They are not true. Philosophers and scientists, they are not siddiqeen. They are not true. But people become impressed by them because you think, you know, this person, you know, such a nice and such an amazing person in mathematics. So he must be good in every single thing. It is not true. You can see really, some people that are very good in something, but not good in every single thing, other, other things. So philosophers and scientists, they are good in one small or minor aspect, but rest of their life they are not good. So that's why they are not Siddiqeen. Prophets and messengers, they are Siddiqeen, because they, in every single thing, they do things properly. So they think properly, they act properly, they say things which are true to so their, their tongue, their action, and their mind, all those three, they agree in the truth properly. Is it clear? So let me summarize again, then shall I move. The first thing is, you know, when people think this world is only food for your body, they are wrong. The world is food for your body, for your mind, and for your soul, all three. For the soul, you don't need to leave the world and go to mountain, mountains or the cave. No, within the same world, you can actually you know, help uh, to develop your body and soul and, soul and, and mind, all th three. Second thing I mentioned is uh, that uh, people need to think. And the people who we know as thinkers, like philosophers and scientists, their thinking is very superficial and very limited, very tiny. They don't, they don't make uh, effort to find the answer of the many, many more important questions. So thinking basically not consistent. Their thinking is inconsistent. The prophets and messengers are people who, whose thinkings are consistent. They think about every single aspect properly. And the questions which are more important, they give them more time. You know, more time and more effort to understand them. So that, you know, and other way you consider like Ibrahim and Islam and, you know, Prophet Muhammad Islam, these prophet messengers, they are consistent in their thinking. Or consistent the thinking, in the action and the speaking, and that way they are called what? Siddiqeen. So Siddiqeen means somebody who is consistent in thinking, in the action, in the speaking. So Ibrahim al Islam said in the Quran, in Nabiya. He was true, consistent thinker, you know, in, the, in every single thing. And then also he received the knowledge from, from the heaven. If we look in the Quran in that way, then Quran will help you. The Quran has come to correct your thinking. The, when you study the universe, study keeping in mind the major questions, the big questions. The Quran is going to help you. 
and that's why the Quran brings the stories from the prophets, those stories which can help you either in your mind or for your soul or for your body, for your action, for anything. So the Quran keeps bringing. Now next thing as I mentioned, since the Quran is not a book of demonstration, Quran is rather a book of what? Instruction. So once it becomes very clear, so you can see how what Quran is instructing. When you learn this thing, then you follow what Quran's Quranic instruction. Then you don't impose on the Quran your own thinking. When people don't realize that Quran is a book of instruction, they want to impose on the Quran, you know, their own method of thinking. They think, you know, a proper book actually will discuss these things. And since Quran does not discuss these things, so they impose on the Quran those questions and those meanings. Really so much is stupid thing you cannot imagine. Like people read, especially Imam Razi, you know, when he does his tafsir of the Quran, you know, most places actually he goes so wrong. Reason is because he has got his own mind properly. This is actually how people should think and this is actually what right questions are, right answers. When he comes to the Quran, Quran does not, you know, Quran is not like, not like that. So then he imposes his own thinking on the Quran. So for example, Quran, Quran is in very nice Quran says, Allah nurus samawatul ardh. This verse is a very amazing, amazing verse of the Quran. It has a certain meaning. But these people, they don't want to take the meaning from the Quran. They want to give the meaning from their own thinking. So they take meaning from the society or from their own knowledge and they give that meaning to the Quran. So Quran says, Nurun ala nur, light upon the light. It is very clear in the Quran what it means. But for Razi, it is not clear because for Razi, only light he knows is a light of philosophy because philosophy is the only thing which guides him. So he said, you know, Quran also can be light, you know, in revelation. So there are two lights, a light of philosophy and light of revelation. Nur Nala Nur means light of the philosophy combined with the light of revelation. Think properly, where to do philosophy in, in this verse of the Quran? Context that not, nothing actually proves that. That one of the great Indian scholars, Mawla Bukram Azad, Rahmullah Ta'ala, he has written tafsir of the Quran, not complete, but very long muqaddim of the Quran, introduction. He says many of these people, they could not raise themselves to the level of the Quran. So what they do? They made the Quran to come down to their own level. To reach to the level of the Quran, it needs, you need to have effort. They don't want to make that effort. So what they do, they bring the Quran to their own level. So people like Imam, Imam Ghazali, Imam Ghazali also wrote a whole book, Mishkatul Anwar, and uh, on the meaning of this verse of the Quran, Allah, Nur, Samawat, Lord. If you read the whole Risala, nothing to do with the Quran. It basically, if you're an intelligent person, you can create any meaning from anywhere. Nothing to do with what Quran is saying. So you know, this actually, this is, this is wrong thing. Respect of Bukha, Allah Taala is that you come to the Quran, take meaning from the Quran. That's why it was very important the Quran was revealed to a Nabi, a Nabi al-Ummi. A Nabi who could not give meaning to the Quran. Who only can come to the Quran to take from it, not to give to it. Had the Prophet been a philosopher, you know, then he would have made effort to give the meaning to the Quran. He was Ummi. He, he had no background of this knowledge. So for him actually, Quran is the source of every knowledge. He takes from the Quran. He does not give to the Quran. Like Allah Taala. When you come to Allah, do you want to give him anything or you want to take from him? Think properly. When you pray, do we give to Allah something or we take from him? We come to Allah to take from him. To come to book of Allah for what purpose? To give it to something or you want to take from it? Take from it. Come to the Quran to take from the Quran, not to give to the Quran. 
So that actually the mistakes all the time. That way, when you read the Quran, think properly. For example, when the Quran is started with Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So don't think, oh, we should start a book and with this thing. Why the Quran is started like that? The Quran must be meaning something else. No. Think properly. When the Quran is started with Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, then there must be reason. Take meaning from the Quran. So my second point actually here is that whenever you read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't take meaning from the society, don't take meaning from the philosophy, don't take meaning from the sciences, don't take meaning from the fuqaha, from the muhaddithin, don't take meaning from anybody, take meaning from the Quran. And that actually what probably also happened, you know, I always keep teaching that when people read verses in the Quran about the women, so they take the verses and then they take meaning from where? from society and the corruption happened because the women in the society has another meaning and the women in the Quran have another meaning the people are confused so whenever you read something in the Quran take meaning from the Quran is it clear? so now think really that when the Quran is starting the first surah in the Quran is starting in Surah Al-Fatiha one should think really why Quran make this we should understand from the Quran why Quran wants to make the first surah Surah Al-Fatiha and why that first surah is started with the word Alhamd People should be expecting that you know when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala started His book, first He should say who is the author, and you know who He is. He should introduce Himself. In this Quran does not mention who is the author. Quran does not mention who He is. Instead of that, the Quran is telling you what you need to do: praise Him, thank Him. Just think, Quran does not tell you who is, whose book is this. Quran does not tell you that you know what is proof that He exists. Quran does not tell you what proof that book is from him. First thing Quran tells you, thank him, praise him. Just learn actually what Quran wants to teach. Take meaning from the Quran. If you understand this thing, you really understand really the how, how this world is. That's why many, many preachers, many, many du'at in Muslim world and especially in, in, in Western world, they keep doing this mistake. They think really that they need to prove that God exists. If they prove, then the people become believers. That's what they do. spend debating and discussing useless matter because it is not the matter of the proof had it been the matter of the Quran which will start with the, with the proof and you know just think if the proof of God's existence that what makes people believer then don't you think shaitan should be the first believer you know shaitan has more proof of God than anybody else is there any doubt that shaitan knows God Iblis, Iblis knowledge of Allah is much more than ours Allah SWT speaks with him directly. Allah SWT calls him, he speaks with him directly. And he talks with Allah SWT. Iblis has no doubt about his existence. But still Iblis is the worst kafir on the face of the earth. There is no kafir worse than Iblis. And Iblis is the one who does not need any proof. He knows God more than any philosopher. Any, he knows more than anybody else. But he is the worst person. So it tells you very clearly that people does not, don't need in this world for the sake for being believer the proof of God. They need something else really. What they need? They need nobility of the heart. They need really this nobility that, you know, somebody has given me. So if you come to somebody's house and he offers you something, gives you something, you become grateful, thankful. Once the thankfulness is, it will make you to go and thank him. You will work hard. If you grown up in your house, you know, you will think really, my mother and my father, how much they have been doing for me. The nobility of your heart will make you to serve them, to look after them, to obey them, to listen to them, not to hurt them, not to harm them. In this universe, when you open your eye, 
you know, really, what, what happens, you see all the time, you are dependent. The first thing that everybody knows in this world is what they, they see, dependent. When a child is born, isn't he dependent? Can child survive on his own? Do you think he's independent? Nobody on the face of that earth believes that the child is independent. Everybody believes he is dependent. He depends on the, his mother, he depends on the sun, on the moon, on the earth, on the water, on, on everything that is here. And then whatever he depends on, they also depend on something else. He depends on his mother, because if mother is not there, who is going to give him milk? But think properly, is mother independent? If the mother is in desert, and she herself has no food and no water, can she provide milk to her, her child? The mother herself is dependent. Everybody is born in this world, they can see they are dependent. And all those around them, they depend on them. But also those things on which they depend, they depend on something else. The world basically is like that. If anybody who opens the eye, they can see properly. That is one of the lies they keep teaching in the school is that you are independent. It is a lie. It is not true. Because it is true of matter is that nobody is independent. You know, I give this example that if you ask a child, you know, just four, five, six years old, seven years old, make a cup of tea. They say, it is so easy. I can go and make a cup of tea. It is so easy for me. It is not so easy. To make a cup of tea, before that you need the whole universe to exist. Could you make a cup of tea if there had been no sun? Could you make a cup of tea had there been no earth? It is not so easy. Unless they made all this thing, you think it is easy. You know, this cup of tea, it needs the whole universe to, to exist before that. So think really how much Allah has given. You know, the belief in Allah comes from the heart of gratefulness. Once you really know that you are overwhelmed by the, all the favors upon you, I really need to thank the one who has given, then it makes a believer. But if you don't feel like that, even if somebody proves God exists, what? You, you have no relevant to, you don't want to know him anyway. Why you want to know him? The Quran actually coming from the right thing. Right thing is to understand that you are dependent on in, in this world. When you are born, you are dependent and you remain dependent on your life and you remain dependent until you die. Always dependent. And all the things that you depend on, they are also dependent. So then you are looking for one who actually helps everybody, on which everyone depends, and then you thank him. Then you find the one who created you. You find the one who created you and your mother and your father. You find the one who created the earth and the sky and the heaven. You find the one actually who caused everything to exist and caused everything to die. You look for someone who actually gives the water, who brings the food from the, from, from the, from the trees, who makes everything. You find for, for him because you want to thank him that he has given so much. That why the first verse of the Quran is what? Alhamd. Because that is what everybody wants. Really. When people are bored, they want to thank. They want to thank the one who has given. So Quran is teaching you, thank to who? That why I tell, told you that Quran is a book of instruction, not the book of demonstration. It has come to instruct you how, how, to, how to behave in this world. So the first thing that people need in this world really is because so much they have got, they want to find one who gave everything, they want to thank him. So the word Quran said, Alhamd. In Arabic language, for this purpose we have got many, many words. Sometimes you thank someone, sometimes you praise someone. What difference between both of them is? Difference is that if I ask you, bring a glass of water, and you bring the glass of water to me, I am going to praise you or thank you? 
thank you because it's not a big praise for this thing anyway. You know, if you just bring a glass of water, it's not a big thing you have done that I'm going to write a poetry for you and a poem for you, praise. No, just thank you. Something like that. So sometimes people thank, but do not praise. But sometimes you praise, for example, you know, you listen to a big poetry, you know, good poet of the Persian language, Firdausi. He wrote Shahnama, so nice and all the Mathnavi Maharum, such a great poet. So you praise him. But you not necessarily thank him. Because not necessarily you have got something directly from him, but you praise him, you know, how much he has achieved. So sometimes people do things for which they deserve praise, and sometimes people do things for which they need to be thanked. So in the language you have got two words, thanking and praise. In Arabic language for the praise we have got madah. So when you praise someone you say madah. And for thanking you have got what? Shukr, thanking. But Allah is different. Allah whatever he does, you have to thank him and also you praise him. So when you give me water, I only thank you. When Allah gives me water, I thank him and also praise him. Why? Because he has given me water, I thank him. I got favor from him and I praise him because the creation of the water is amazing. It's not easy. Creation of the water and creation of the need of the water, creation of the thirst. If he did not make me thirsty, did I appreciate the water? He created the thirst in my heart. So now I become thirsty and then by drinking water, my thirst is quenched. Do you see how much he has done? So every single that he does, he deserves to be praised and he deserves to be, you know, to be thanked. So you need in language a word for him, where actually work is combined between the thanking and praise both. If you do shukr of him, you know, that's good, you know, it is reward. If you praise him, that's also he deserves. So you have to say two words, amdahullaha wa ashkuruhu. For this purpose in Arabic language, they have got one word which combines both meanings, that is hamd. Hamd basically means al-jam'un bain madah wa shukr. Hamd means praise and thank both. Because when you open your eye, it's not only thanking your Lord, you need to also praise Him. How much is, you know, you come to sea. When you come to ocean, you really see the power and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not only going to thank Him, you want to praise Him. How much you have done? You know, when He made my eye, I want to thank him with the eye I can see, but I also want to praise him. How nice he has done. He knows where to put my eye and how to make it and how to make it to see. For every single thing he has done to me, I want to praise him and I also want to thank him. So the first thing that any noble person, anybody who has got noble heart, first thing they do in this universe is what? To praise and to thank the one who has made this thing. That's why you see the Quran is so great. That's why when you pre do da'wah, don't prove God exists. You need to raise in the heart of the people. You need to thank. Look what you have got. Don't look, you know, Allah exists or not. Look about yourself, what you are. Do you exist or not? Who made you to exist? Look about yourself. Don't look about God. Look who you are. Why you are here? The first question about yourself. That's why some, you know, Iqbal said that you ask me the proof about God. I ask you proof about yourself. Who you are. Leave, leave God. Once you know yourself, what will happen is you know God. That's why they say in Urdu language, you know, Khud Shanasi, Khuda Shanasi ka pahela qadam hai. Knowing yourself is the first step to know your Lord. First thing, know yourself. Once you know yourself, you will be, uh, you will just love to thank and praise and then you know Him. So, Alhamdulillah. That's why Quran comes to Hamd. Hamd is the first thing the Quran, that you need really to teach your children to thank. First thing, you, any noble human being, what they need to learn actually is thanking. This is so deep in their heart. They want really to bow their head. They want to you know, just, uh, you know, do in, fall inside that. That's why every messenger, 
you know, in their life, they're looking for, for one who, who they can decide. They want to worship the Lord. That's why the thirst for every, that I'm saying, there, there is, people have need for food. People have material need. People have the you know, food for their mind. Food for the body, for the soul is ibadah. People need to thank their Lord. If that is not there, the soul remains thirsty and hungry all your life. You need food and drink. You need some to think for your mind. But really, you need to worship you. If you don't worship him, you remain thirsty. You really think your life has no meaning, no sense. You like to commit suicide. That's why the Prophet you know, when he's 40 years old, he's just looking. The Prophet Ibrahim, all the Prophet Messenger, all the noble people, they're, what they do, they, are, they feel thirsty, they feel hungry you know, to worship their Lord. Hamd is actually that food. Hamd is actually the first food that soul needs. Hamd is the food for your, actually, for your body, food for your soul, and food for your mind. Hamd is not only soul. Actually, sometimes if you are hungry, if you praise your Lord, that will be enough for your actually, body food. Hamd can be, when you say, La ilaha illallah, la dhikr, it is not only dhikr you know, for your soul, it's really for your mind. It also for you know for your for every single thing. Allah the name really is helpful for anything. So the first thing that the Quran is teaching what? Hamd. And it is not only first thing, the Quran also teach Wahru Dawana and Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alamin. You know, the Hamd is the first thing in the Quran and Hamd also the last thing. And when the believers will enter to paradise, what they will say Hamd. Hamd actually is Hamd is the survival for the human being. As you need food for you, for you, you need hamd all the time. Without the hamd, you cannot survive. Your soul really basically in, in pain unless it does hamd. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he taught you alhamdulillah, he basically cured, cured your soul from this pain. Without hamd, the soul is in full pain. That's what you need really. And once you get hamd, you don't need a proof. Because that's what you're looking for. Once you get what you're looking for, you know properly. So anyway, I don't want to make much longer because we have some time for question and answer, inshallah. So let me summarize again. The first thing I mentioned to you, and write it down, you know, always helpful. The first thing I mentioned is most people, they think in this universe, they have got only food for the body. So I said Allah SWT created the universe where there is food for the body, for the mind, and for the soul, for all three. For the food of the soul, you don't need to leave the world and go to mountains or the caves. You, within the wet world, you can find the food for everything. But what you need, what you need to do is thinking. Think properly. And thinking actually many, many layers. Thinking of the common people, lay people, they don't think much deeper. Thinking of the philosophers and the, I, 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 you know, scientists. Thinking of the poets. But their real thinking thinking of who? The prophets and messengers because they are consistent thinking. They raise all the questions, the big one and the small one, and they make effort to find answer for them. So they are consistent. That's why they're in the Quran they are Siddiqeen. So Siddiqeen are the people who are consistent in their thinking, you know, in their action, and in, this, in, their, in the Amal, in the Qawl, and in the Nawar. Thinking in every single When they look, they are consistent. When they act, they are consistent. When they say, they are consistent. So that's why you need to have thinking. Once you and, the, and then third thing I told, told you uh, that Quran is a book of instruction. Quran has come to instruct you not to prove something. Inst instruction and the first instruction Quran is giving you that you need the food for your body and for your soul, for your mind to find one to whom you can thank because you have you are you are born as dependent. So once you realize this really, 
you become satisfied. Once you actually can see when people fall inside that, they are so happy you cannot imagine. You know, and when people say Alhamd, Alhamdulillah, they become happy really. Without Alhamdulillah, when you drink water and you dress Alhamdulillah, something missing really. Using the favor, but you don't know the creator. That's why many people say the difference between believers and believers is very little. And believers and unbelievers both know the creation. But believers connect the creation with the creator and unbelievers don't connect. Believers and believers both use the ni'mah, the favor of Allah but the believers connect the ni'mah with the mun'im, with the one who made the favor and unbelievers, they don't make this effort. This is the difference. Hamda has come to connect you with the creator. Hamda has come to connect you with the mun'im. You have ni'mah, but you want to know who is the mun'im. You have the creation, but you want to know who is the khaliq. That's the difference. So unbelievers, they don't want to make any, any step. They just want to help you with the ni'mah. But believers, no, they're thinkers. They, know, they want to know who has given them. So they want to find the mun'im. They want to know the khaliq. That difference. That's why the first word, no doubt, should be hamd. The first true word that people need to say from their heart is hamd. Hamd for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyway, I explain that inshallah and tomorrow inshallah or maybe the day after uh, we'll inshallah, make effort to, to finish the surah al-fatiha inshallah. But if you have any question, please ask. Just very quickly, if we can kindly use the mics um, for the brothers, the red mic and uh, sisters, uh, if you have any questions, you can use this uh, mic, inshallah. Assalamualaikum, Sheikh. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned two things that um, one was about the hamd, that it's prioritization in terms of it's the opening surah. And it's mentioned, but is that the tartib of revelation anyway? We know that the Makki surahs are, you know, you know, so, um, Alaq and so on, mm. and then varying differences on the surah that came after that. So the question really is, is that when we mention Alhamd, that one of the things I read is that the way the Quran was dealing with uh, the kinds of questions that people were asking is that it's quite dismissive of just saying that it came from nowhere. Because most people, even in the Quraysh, if they were asked where did things come from, uh, the rain come from, or all of these sort of provisions, they would say it comes from Allah. But they would not attribute other things as well, and saying that they would make partners besides him on that. So that's the kind of first question about the fact that, is that really negating the discussion of proving this, the existence of God, but rather a combination of proving Allah SWT exists in a way that agrees with the way man perceives the world, and then also answering the more as important question of who do I thank for these things that this ni'am that I uh, that I am obviously benefiting from, and I think the second quick question, sorry, was uh, to do with the um, uh, the the you know the issue about proving God. Is it that more to do with that we prove the makhluk, that we prove that things are actually created, and these are things that refer to uh, the proof of God? Because I don't think people discuss this because. They think that this is a way to prove Islam is true, but more to do with the fact that this is an argument that is put against Islam and it's kind of refuting or dealing with this challenge that we face today. And we've we seen in the past many challenges came and the Muslims, you know, the ulama, they responded within the confines of that, that type of questioning. You know, thing really is actually there are a few things actually, I don't think I, I could have covered every single thing. The first thing actually is that people, many people think that the people are born in this world as unbelievers. So they are just empty, nothing is there. So you want to write down on their heart every single thing. 
So this actually is one of the big mistakes that people have got. It is not like that. People actually are born in this world with the need for anything that they, they, they need. So when a child is born, you know, does he learn any proof that he needs to have the milk of the mother? What makes him to long for the milk of the mother? Somebody asked one of the tabi'i that since when you start thinking? He says, since the day I was born. People said, how? He said that when they put the breast of my mother in my mouth, I became happy and I, 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 I became quiet. And when they took it away, I started crying from the, from the first day. You know, what, what makes people to, is there any proof? And the problem actually, people think that the people are born like the people actually born with the true nature. People are born believers, basically. What happens is, somehow, this thing has been in some families, some influence of you know, cultures and tradition. It is actually sometimes it is a, you know, a, a, a either you know, change or corrupted. So what Quran wants, Quran wants to raise really, raise it and make it actually make it healthy, the heart healthy. There are Quran keeps reminding. So one of the names of Quran reminder, keep reminding that Allah, you know, Allah is your Lord. He created you. Though people don't believe, reason they don't believe is not because it is deep in their heart. It is not deep. It is actually on the surface. Deep something else is. So Quran wants to raise, raise, raise again. So simple thing in this matter really is the people are born with the belief in their Lord. Quran has come to help that fitra. Quran does not come to write something new or fresh on the heart. Quran has come only to remind people what are already written there. So, and when people look in the universe, when Quran reminds them, it actually uh, again supports the fitra itself. So people actually, that real argument actually in the Quran is the fitra. Without the fitra, nothing matters. People's fitra is to thank the Lord. People's fitra is to thank the one who, who, who make favor. So that actually is very, very important to understand. You know, Quran, actually, I tell you, if you don't need anything, even if somebody believes, somebody proves, you're not, you know, not interested. So for example, like, you know, in, 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 like in this country where it's hot, you need cooler and, you know, these machines, that machine we can provide you, you know, can make a house, you know, uh, you know cool uh, and, 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 and fresh. But, uh, you know, and you can sell these, you know, coolers in India for, you know, for, for, for a lot of money. But if somebody brings that cooler into England, in London, in the winter, and he makes a big exhibition and he proves that you know, it is so useful, so beneficial for the people, nobody's going to buy because people have no need for that. There's no need there. Quran wants to think, to make clear, it's not that you prove to something to people. You need to urge the need. You have to raise that thing. People really, once you know, for example, if you're thirsty, you will look for water. But if somehow you don't know what thirst means, and somehow you know really, only know that thirst means that you just keep eating sand. So, you know, what, what you need, you need to show, if somebody brings water to you and show you, and then after that, you what happened? You, you will start drinking water. Quranic way is that people's nature is true nature, they are born believers. Somehow the family, the tradition, the culture and things around, they have corrupted and changed. Now Quran wants to raise that fitra again and again. So Quran has come only to support the fitra. That actually what the people need fitra, people need irada, the will. The will to do that and then knowledge. Because four things that people need. If people get the four things, then people's life is guided. First thing is fitra, so fitra that you are thirsty. Second thing is the will to find the what can quench your thirst, will. So, and then when you have will, then right source, right knowledge. You ask someone who can tell you what, the water is, what can quench your thirst, knowledge. And the fourth thing, then when you get the water, drink it. So people need four things. The first thing is fitra, that fitra that you want to worship your Lord. You just want to th thank someone who has given you. The second thing, will, to find who actually has given all those things to you. 
So you go to right now at that revelation. And for after messenger, you got third thing is ilmul wahi. You get, and once you get it, then fourth thing is then do it. So for example, if I know the honey is so good for my health, and I make effort and go and buy it and bring it, put on my desk and on my shelf, it's not going to benefit me unless I use it. So four things are important. People need fit, right fitra. People need the irada, the will. People need the ilm, knowledge, and people need the amal. So that what Quran has come to, to basically support all these four properly. If people have no fitra, then nothing, no argument can work because people don't want to do. Shaitan's problem is his fitra is so corrupt, he knows God has given everything. Then no, no need for proof, but he, has, he doesn't want to thank him. Never. So not, he does not have proof. Even if you prove nothing, you know, considerably, many people who became Muslim, ask them why they became Muslim. You know, Abdul Hakim was mentioning his story, nothing to do with, with proof or anything. Something else actually made him to become Muslim. Many, many people actually, you know, Iqbal in India, great poet of India, you know, during, during British rule, he asked one of his disciples, interview all those people, British and, uh, and others who became Muslim in India, why they became Muslim. So he interviewed 100 people and, uh, and compiled the book and named Islam Zindabad in Urdu. So stories, all the stories you look actually, people became Muslim for so many reasons, but nobody became Muslim because somebody proved to him that God exists. There's nothing like that. People become, people be, nature is there. You just need reminder. So that keep in mind. Second thing you ask actually about the order of the, of the Quran, that actually is a very important question. Uh, and I don't think we have enough time for that, but inshallah, maybe next time I'll explain to you that uh, what was the order of revelation and what is the order of the book itself and why both orders are different from each other and, and why we need to know the both orders. So both, the Quran has two orders. One order of the Quran is a book, as we have got. And then another order is order how, how it was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad and why it differs from the order of the book and why we need to know both of them. So it is important, inshallah. So some other time, inshallah, I'll explain that. Yeah. Sure, uh, someone said many of these people couldn't reach to the level of the Quran. Who was it that said Maulana that? Abul Kalam Azad. Maulana Abul Kalam Azad. He was, you know, a great thinker of India, big scholar, you know, people like Maulana Mududi, everybody, basically they learned from him. But later he became a politician, so he didn't work much, otherwise he was a really great mind of India. So he wrote a tafsir, and he wrote tafsir in the prison, he was in the prison. So, uh, but tafsir is important, but most importantly is his muqaddim, his introduction, very, very long introduction. Okay, Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Um, is it, I think if there's any, did you have one short question, inshallah, basically before we start? Eh? Oh, yes, um, I just wanted to ask, um, you mentioned that we should, uh, you gave the example of the philosopher, we should avoid putting our own thinking or our own um, sort of uh, interpretation, as it were, to the Quran. But then uh, you also mentioned then that we should take meaning from the Quran. So could you please elaborate more on that? How can we, um, surely our own experiences, etc., when we look at it, would that not naturally sort of um, encourage us to apply our own thinking to the Quran? When we read a verse, I read it and then maybe we'd reflect on my teachings or my life experiences and would I not then apply that? So could, could you please sort of reconcile no, the two? two different things. Taking the meaning is different and applying different matter. Take a meaning from the Quran and then apply the Quran to your condition. It is another matter. That people take the meaning from the Quran. How take meaning from the Quran? In a certain condition. You know the Arabic language of that time properly. You know how the Prophet understood properly and companions. 
once you understand that then after that make effort to apply basically simple thing is we need to know three things we need to know the quran and we need to learn the quran application of the quran the first person who applies the quran who is he the prophet sallallahu so first thing learn quran and then learn how the first time it has been applied in this world by the prophet sallallahu then you need to know what third thing that third thing what reapplication to quran application and then reapplication to so for the application what you need to know is to so for the quran you need to know the meaning from the quran and you know how and you also need to know how the prophet applied it then the third step is then you make effort how to apply it to your condition what people do people actually if they they miss first two step they go, don't take meaning from the quran they don't look at the application of the prophet sallallahu they ignore all that they give the meaning from the society and they want to apply that meaning to their, themselves so basically they they are applying their own knowledge to, to, to themselves they are not applying the quran they, already what they know they think there's something good that want they want to prove from quran quran the way is first understand what quran is first and the second understand how the prophet sallallahu applied the quran to, to his life and then the third step is to apply that to your condition to the quran application of the quran and then reapplication that what people need to understand and actually most people in our time they just leave our first two steps they just want to you know, just they want to make quran to their own book quran has been revealed to to the prophet sallallahu not to you is it clear to understand take the meaning from the quran and take application of the prophet sallallahu it's very important how he applied learn from that and then apply the quran to your own condition it actually has needs more detail like more explanation i don't think we have time but inshallah when I, if, uh, next time inshallah i explain in more detail inshallah